Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. Sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. The following podcast may contain discussions supported by science that may be considered dangerous to some listeners and conspiracy theorists. Discretion is advised. The Three Down Greencast is brought to you by the Pile of Bones Brewing Company. Home delivery available in Regina at sassbeerdelivery.ca. Welcome to the Three Down Greencast. You are listening to the internet's only fake cricket podcast. <laughs> I am Joel Gasson with, I hope I'm saying this right, we have a new rotating co-host this week, uh, Jan Fraser? It's Juan Frazur, actually. It's more dangerous with a dangerous roll of the tongue, <laughs> if you will. It just sounds sexy. Yeah, we know how much you are into your rolled R's, especially. Yes, it's mostly my reason for loving Sergio. I mean, many other reasons now that we've spoken to him for loving Sergio. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, I figured... We won't I... talk about that kick he missed this week, no. Nope, nope, absolutely not. Um, I, 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 I feel like... I was felt like texting him. like, But I'm like, that that would kind of be a dick move, right? Guy misses yeah. a kick, gets run back, and you text the guy. But um, see, what I... My theory is he missed on purpose so he could get out of that shit show that is Edmonton. That's usually enough to get you caught by Chris Jones, right? Maybe. I mean, I don't know. He's is, is there really any figuring out Chris Jones's roster decisions at this point? <laughs> no, it's just looking at them and laughing. And yeah. besides, I had to come back. Like Plaster is way smarter than me. I mean, he's smarter than me too, so I mean. Fair. And and I mean, I won't be ashamed to say it. Plaster is better looking than me too. It's a low bar. That's uh, yeah, but I mean seriously, that guy's a man rocket. I mean, they do let him on TV. They do, yeah. Like as not just on like a Skype thing once a week. Like he's legitimately does this whatever time the CBC News is on when Sam McKegg is off. <laughs> that's that's fair. He is. He... <laughs> I don't know. I think the role of being backup John Fraser is more prestigious than being like you know backup Saskatchewan news anchor for the CBC. 
Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever helps you sleep at night. <laughs> well, like I said, I I had to come back. I listened to uh, I listened to you guys while I was out in northern Ontario, and I kept going, damn. Plaster's so much better well-spoken than me, and he knows his shit more. I, I gotta come back and, and, and bring down the level of dumb, but bring up the level of drinks consumed during recording. Yes, I mean, that, you know, a smart end is, you know, many good points that one Dan Plaster is able to make. He he did forget, like, the most important part of the program last week, which was bringing a beverage along with him. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So whether, I guess, whether you were back this week or not, I may have... Had to at least suspend him for a game for that decision. <laughs> it really tainted the entire podcast, quite frankly. Oh, Joel, already with the <laughs> foreshadowing. Uh, the suspended uh, and the tainting of a good thing. Love it. Yeah, so of course, um, to pull back the curtain a little bit uh, earlier today on Monday as we record this, um, or I guess starting yesterday on Sunday, uh, I texted my co-host here, John, and asked him, do we wait until the decision comes down to pod? And then our life schedule just didn't really meet up with any of that. So we're like, okay, we'll stick to Monday night and we'll we'll make it work one way or other because we know in some form or another he's not playing for a bit. Um, and then we got lucky. And uh, the CFL... <laughs> Which never happens to us. The CFL announced just hours ago uh, the decision to suspend Garrett Marino, of course, for four games... For a variety of factors, of which, of course, we will get into and we'll discuss sort of the whole scenario of everything that went on. But we'll also talk about some good stuff from the game as well and uh, maybe take a little bit of a bigger look at the state of the league right now as uh, we're uh, probably a good chunk into the season where we're starting to learn a, bit, a little bit more about some teams. And uh, I think it's safe to say there's kind of a top four in everyone else at this point. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to get into all of that. But. Breaking news. That's not the only, you know, sort of weird thing that's happened this week, of course. No, no. And and this also, I feel like Marino gets every bit that's thrown at him. Meanwhile, I feel like the guys who put on a fake professional Indian cricket league and made a bunch of Russians lose a bunch of money should they've been charged and arrested. We need justice for these guys. Yeah, so I, I had not heard this story until oh. you sent me the tweet from uh, Jordan Elgot. Got to make sure we give sources. So so I see this going along my feed throughout my day. Um, so a group of guys, sounds like most of them were fun employed, started like wearing jerseys like professional cricket teams, streaming their games on YouTube with like uh, piped in audio and sound effects and everything to make it look like to, you know, somebody gullible that this was real professional cricket. They even hired a play-by-play guy to do professional-sounding play-by-play. So Are then you they... sure you were in Northern Ontario? Um, I uh, <laughs> yes, no, maybe. You know who uh, they? You know who they should have hired to do that? Center guard guy. Exactly. That's an ex- that that's would have a... put it right over the top, and it would have been this is totally real. Everyone oh, would have believed it. Every as soon as he said he bowls it with a center guard. I I don't know if you have guards in. I don't know much. I don't, probably that. not. No. But this was incredible. So on top of that, on top of wearing their favorite team's jerseys and going out and web streaming it, you know, it sounds like something that maybe you do for shits and giggles. I mean, I've seen some cities that they stream. I mean, hell, they stream our Tuesday open night curling, right? So you can stream anything and people will generally bet on anything. So they started a Discord chat 
brought in a bunch of rich Russians, convinced them it was the real professional cricket, and took a bunch of money off of them. So what they would do is they'd have somebody signaling like, hey, you need to not do so well here because all the Russians have put the money on the other guys. But the best part of the tweet was everything I'm saying makes it sound like it's some grandiose production. Makes it sound like this was definitely something that could be... Oh, no, this was... The pitch looked like it may have been done on uh, the old Astrodome turf in the middle of a desert. Uh, And I am no cricket connoisseur, but I have been hung over while breezing through Fox Sports World one enough times to realize that this was bad cricket. I mean, it's not under-19 European football bronze medal game bad, but it was some bad cricket. But yeah. Hey, they, yeah, they, they if you find the video, it's, yeah, it's pretty blatantly obvious that this is not anywhere near professional cricket, but hey, if you can swindle a bunch of Russians right now, I mean, more power to you. Exactly. That makes you a good guy. And these guys were arrested, so that's the problem I have. That's the beef I have. Because apparently... Gambling on cricket in India is illegal. Like, that to me seems like a lost revenue stream right there. You got like a billion people that all love cricket. Dan O'Toole should basically be on every billboard in India promoting sportsgamblewhatever.com coming to your city soon. So I feel like, though, because they took money from evil Russians, you can't punish them that bad. They're taking money from the bad guys, right? Like, yeah, just, you know, kind of give them a you know, a bit of a ceremonial slap on the wrist and, you know, say, don't do it again. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. I think they make them play against real pro teams (laughs) to try to like lessen their sentence. Like if they can get the thing, they can get the ball through to the thing that falls down. Like every time they do that to them, that's like another month on their sentence. Hmm. I think that'd be fun. I'm all, I'm all for that, but you know, you give them the goalie pads and everything. So I, I, I just think there should be justice there. You take money from bad guys, you shouldn't spend much time in the slammer. No, that's in this in this scenario. That's that's a very fair point. Absolutely, yeah. Right now, now, see, Joel, um, <clears throat> what sport? Because I was thinking of this, and as soon as I mentioned the Tuesday night curling, I almost feel like we could get people betting on our Tuesday night curling. Mm-hmm. What sport is it that you and I could pull off to maybe try? Because it's not illegal here in Canada. That's very clear by every commercial now. What I feel sport... like I feel like this would still be fraud, but not necessarily, you know, gambling illegal. <laughs> you would still right. be charged with fraud, yeah. But, but <laughs> could you be charged with fraud if you never said, well, I guess if you said it was pro. But what sport could you and I make up to steal money from Russians? Hmm. I mean, we've talked about doing the beer mile, so. Oh, the beer mile pending my own schedule is definitely happening at pile of bones and, and like, and I hope that they have sought us to clean up my vomit. <laughs> I'll keep it outside. Please do. I will. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, we, you and I play for the most part, different sports other than beer drinking. So dodgeball. Yeah. I mean, you're uh, good. At, yeah. You're good at dodgeball. I feel like we could pull this off. I know enough people that play dodgeball too that we could certainly we could certainly make this happen. Make it look really professional. I could commentate it. Although in the eyes of some, I'm nowhere near good enough to be a professional commentator. But we could make it look legit. Dynasty could hook us up with some jerseys, you know, get some like fireworks. I was playing with fireworks in Northern Ontario, basically an expert now. Mm. Yeah, there's no 
there was no there was no as an aside there was no fireworks show like it was outrageously windy in northern ontario so atacokan for canada day wasn't really having a fireworks show uh so me and my dad stepped up in a gravel pit filled with mosquitoes set off about 400 bucks worth of fireworks Nobody died, nobody got hurt. I think we might have broken a bylaw or two, but not like real laws. So, hmm. yeah. so you would have had to deal with the rent to cops had there been an issue. Yeah, which would have been like <laughs> scandal in the town of Atacokan because my youngest sister's the town clerk. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Political scandal. <laughs> town clerks out of province family causing issues. <laughs> in the old Atacokan progress. Sparks fly. <laughs> Uh, of course, um, metaphorically speaking, sparks did fly at uh, toward the end of uh, the Friday game. Yes, on Friday night, my yes. days are also mixed up lately. I sometimes forget what day is what when. Um, Join the club. Yeah, so that was Friday night, of course, when uh, the Riders uh, handily beat the Ottawa Red Blacks. But that's really not what much, many people are talking about. So we're going to get into all of that and much more. But as usual, before we get into all of that, John, uh, what is, I guess, in the ball this week? <laughs> We're making that a thing. Um, yeah. Two weeks ago, and if you follow me on Twitter at FraserPXP, which I'm assuming all seven of you do that listen, um, I, I got for Father's Day this probably, as our good friend Dave pointed out, probably as bestest filled golf ball ice thing cooler. So now my drinks go in that, keeps them nice and cold. And... Uh, Went with the classic, went with the official beer of the podcast from our sponsors of the Pile of Bones Brewing Company, the White IPA. I drank about a zillion beers when I was out in Northern Ontario, which was also a reason that I'm like, maybe I can have a guest appearance, but the nights that you and Dan recorded, I was like, zesty John. Hmm. So every beer I had, they were very good, but I was craving a White IPA so bad. It was just... I tried a white IPA from Sleeping Giant. It was great, but it wasn't quite there. I tried a bunch of hoppy, juicy blasts from Lake of the Woods. All very good. And the first thing I did when I got home, especially now that it's super hot out, Pile of Bones white IPA, and it's just, there's nothing like it. It's just, it's that damn good. Like, it's just outstanding. We love it. We've said so many good things about it. First thing I bought as soon as I got back to the province and felt like drinking beer again because that took three or four days. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Jared, of course, on Twitter, who uh, pointed out the, the pile of bones of white IPA was available at the game on Friday Ooh. night. And uh, that got me disappointed myself that I realized all along I should have been tracking the writer's record based on which beer is available that game. Right. So Ugh. as of since we've been keeping track of records, <laughs> and these are some very va fancy stats with very prominent sample sizes. When the riders, when white IPA is available at the riders games, they are undefeated. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no questions. There is don't question it. I don't want to hear your fancy math. Nobody called Derek Taylor to break it down with his numbers and stuff. I like that. I like that statue. You know, yeah. I, I, I like that we're now tracking the number of games that the white IPA is at and the correlation with victories. But, you know, that victory was pretty tainted. And I hope it wasn't like white IPA doesn't make people angry. So I don't feel like that's what led to the anger at the no. end of the game. Like, like whiskey does that. Like mm -hmm. I get a little I get a little chirpy on whiskey. But yeah. besides that, what is in your glass? Because as we both know. Both of us have things in our glasses, unlike backup John Dan Plaster. Mm -hmm. uh, for me, I'm uh, mixing it up a little bit this week on the weekend. I bought out of BC uh, the Phillips Brewing 
uh, Dino Sour 8-pack. It's got a mix pack with uh, four different quarter fruited sours in there. It's not generally my thing anymore, but every once in a while, I'm like, you know what? I just kind of want to drink something fruity and light because it's hot as balls out. Um, <laughs> That's fair. So tonight, this, so there's like a there's a, the regular blackberry one, which you can find in four packs, which is also pretty good. Uh, they have a raspberry lime and a pink lemonade. Uh, this one, though, is probably my favorite out of the pack. It's the stone fruit sour, so it's got like Ooh. peach and apricot in it. And uh, yeah, it's 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 quite delicious. It's definitely hitting the spot. That definitely sounds good. The pink lemonade one, it feels like like that is like right up my alley. Like if you combine mm-hmm. beer and pink lemonade, like that's that's kind of my thing. So. Yeah, there's a few different places that have done that. Mostly more so to like BC and stuff. Not too many people locally have approached that flavor yet, but uh, right. it's definitely one that has uh, kind of made its way the ra- through the rounds a little bit. Yeah, c- certainly has. Even the brewery that has not been named tried to make it, and it is so bad that nobody will even buy it from them. Mm-hmm. Speaking of things that are bad. <laughs> yes, I, that one I knew I was setting you up. <laughs> um, not, of course, that the Riders won. The Riders played a very good, you know, very good game overall, overall against the Ottawa yes. Red Blacks. Perhaps their most sort of consistent and complete effort of the year. Um, you know, as an aside, as I mentioned in the piece in three down, um, and we'll get into the good of the game later. Um, it was, of course, it's been very positive, I would say, over the last couple of weeks against Montreal and Ottawa back-to-back at home. To see them kind of put away teams they should beat and to actually, you know, sort of eat, beat them quite handily at the end of the day. Because, you know, under Craig Dickinson especially, but kind of generally over this franchise's history, they've kind of had a tendency to make games far more interesting than they should against opponents that really don't deserve it. <laughs> I'm taking some credit for this. And the reason I'm taking some credit for this was I was all about hitting the panic button after they poop their pants in Montreal. I know you were. You wanted to come on and talk about it, and I just didn't let you, basically. <laughs> that's 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 fair. Um, but I kind of, you know, from that low to what I've seen the last couple weeks, you are exactly right. They're doing what they should, and I think it's all because I reverse Fraser cursed them. You're welcome, Ryder fans. It's certainly possible, but of course, uh, overall, not many people talking about no. the game as a whole, which, completely understandable. Right. Uh, if for some reason this podcast is your only source of CFL news, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, of course, Garrett Marino had the incredibly dirty and disgusting hit on uh, Red Blacks QB Jeremiah Masoli late in the game. You know, sort of helmet to the shins and then the twist and the whole thing. Um, the hit was bad enough. The hit was gross. The hit was worthy of a suspension on its own. But to me, what made the whole situation even worse? Because, you know, people say, well, what about Simone Lawrence? What about this and that? Yeah, you know what? Dirty football plays happen sometimes, and sometimes yes. it's just, you know, an unfortunate effect of football. Right. Um, in this scenario, though, what made, you know, kind of took the thing from, you know, okay, this is like an 80 bad to this is 120 out of 100 bad. But sort of everything that happened afterwards. Yes. That's, of course, you know, the Red Blacks kind of get in his face a little bit understandably. You know, he starts flexing and celebrating. Then he gets the ejection for the 25-yard penalty, which was completely earned. And then as he's walking off the field, he's got his helmet up in triumph and, you know, pounding his chest and all this dumb bullshit. And I know you can't really suspend a guy for how he acted after the fact, but (laughs) that whole scenario is just what made, what took a really bad, unacceptable situation just to another level that just made it like the entire focal point of the entire game. It, it, it. It's it's rare in this province that 
you see a rider's win so overshadowed by anything. And... The only other thing I can think of where like a rider win was clearly so overshadowed was the Banjo Bull where Darian Durant got his arm blown up on the delay of game that wasn't called. Right. That Or the that, offside, whatever it was. The play right. was so loud the whistle blew, no one heard it, and Darian Durant got his arm blown up and like they won that game, but it did not matter after the game. It was all just Durant talk, Durant yeah. talk, Durant talk. And 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 no, and 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 you're very right in that. And you and I watch an obscene amount of football. Mm-hmm. You know, I alluded to the under-19 European Championship bronze medal game. Even this is something you and I were watching and 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 poking fun at a bit this week. I can't think of a dirtier sequence and a grosser sequence from one player in any one game in, anywhere. No. Like you said, there's there's dirty hits. There's dirty. Everybody's going, well, why wasn't Simone suspended four games? Like... Seen a bit of that already tonight is making me roll my eyes back in my head. Um, Eric, Simone Lawrence seems to be the bar. Yeah, he's had dirty plays. But his seems to be from playing hard and playing with an edge, not being a vile, malicious idiot. And if you believe what was reported to, it sounds like Marino was going into this game intending to kill somebody. Uh, reports came out on Twitter that Marino had threatened members of the Ottawa Red Blacks the night before while seeing them at the keg. Yeah, it was Nate Bahar who told, I believe, TSN 1200 in Ottawa and Tim Baines of the Ottawa Sun slash Citizen yeah. that you know they he basically said something to them at the keg the night before. What was said, we don't know, and what sort of tone, we don't know, but... And, I, I mean, I don't think there was necessarily anything premeditated toward the game because of that encounter or necessarily that he's going in with a plan for that game but mm. I, I, I don't think so but regardless that's just not the behavior of a normal professional athlete before a game no and and as an aside who the hell does that at the keg like yeah, i mean you i mean the keg is clearly the rowdiest place in town right <laughs> like go to the keg for like a chill evening and a prime rib that is the size of your hand like you don't go in there to start running your mouth at the keg. Like, you have to, like, see, that's the part that makes me think he's an absolute maniac. Well, it's because like... they're not allowed back at Earl's, probably. <laughs> yeah, there's that, too. Um, but that's the part that makes me think of the biggest maniac that he is, is the fact that he went off on somebody at the keg. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I think I've been around guys through my playing days, not my curling playing days, but... <laughs> I was going to say, if you know curlers like this, oh boy. That's right. There. Oh boy. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, back in my brief taste of low-level junior hockey um, in, in the Thunder Bay area, there's guys that go out with that mentality that they're going to make a name for themselves by seriously hurting somebody. And I, yeah. think, I think Marino, from this action and his past actions, is maybe showing... He, He's that guy. Now, well, I mean, like, it's a bit of a, you know, like, to, we're going to say, like, what I'm about to say is to be clarified of the fact that, yes, every player in the CFL is very skilled. They yes. are professional athletes. They are incredible. But 99% of the Americans, there is a reason why they are here. And mm-hmm. I think we're fine. We kind of known, and now we definitely know for sure, because everything about Garrett Marino on the field when he plays between the whistles suggests he's an NFL talent. Yes. I think we're figuring out pretty clearly why he is not in the NFL. 
Well, the thing that blew me away is in the release today from the CFL, talking about his behavior in 12 games. Yeah. Maybe just because we've talked about the amount of dumb shit he's done, it seems like he's been around for a lot longer than 12 games. Yeah. And like that, like, holy crap. Like that one, my jaw hit the floor for a moment when... I realize he's only, he, yeah, he's only been around for 12 games and has already, and I say this without hyperbole, maybe had the dirtiest play in CFL history. Like, he injured Mazzoli's ACL, like, okay, the low hit, dirty, yes. Dirty, but it's, it's one of those things that happens, play. it happens sometimes, yes. Right, it's still yeah. a football play. That retching of the knee, because I don't believe that Mazzoli, he was hurt. I don't believe he was that hurt until he gave his knee the twist. And Yeah, like and, if, if Marino, you know, kind of goes low, gets the helmet on the shins like we saw, the low hit, just does nothing else, gets up, walks away. Okay, it's a dirty play. It's maybe the 25-yard penalty, but it just... It ends it's maybe, there. It's maybe, it's maybe a game. You may, he gets maybe a game, and a, you know, maybe a fine, a game, something like that, but... Right. The whole circuit, of course, then the twist and the circuits of everything else. And then, of course, what he has apparently said oh. all kind of add up to the scenario where, no, the CFL cannot sit on their hands in this one. Hence, we had a Monday release rather than the typical, you know, all the discipline kind of comes down on Wednesday normally. Can we talk about what was said or not said here for a minute, too? Mm -hmm. Like, the fact that there are people who are closely associated with this team going out on Twitter and saying... He couldn't have said that. His teammates are black. Is the single dumbest fucking thing I've ever heard in my entire life. That might be a bit of hyperbole. A little bit, yeah. I'm sure you've heard dumber. It's up there. Like, it, it, literally saying, well, he, he couldn't have said that. It's got to be hearsay. And, and now the league suspending people over hearsay. There's that segment of Ryder fans out there tonight. Shut the fuck up. Well, and I'm sorry. I don't I yeah. mean, like that's that might be harsh and that might be crossing a line we try not to cross on this pod. But I'm sorry. I, like, I, I think I'm more like there are certain people I'm not surprised are saying these things. Right. Along those lines. I was disappointed that on the sports cage that Craig Dickinson said essentially the same thing. Dickinson to me, though, has to. <sighs> If they're going to keep him around, though, Dickinson, to a degree, has to step up, stick up for his guy. Up he can down. stick up for his guy without coming out with the lame excuse of, well, his fiance's black. He can't be racist. Which was dumb. Which, yeah, again, like, that's what I mean. Like, I'm disappointed he went with that line rather than coming up with another way to defend his player. He's young. He was fired up. He was trying to send a message. There's so many things you can say. Yeah, there was a dirty play right before that. He was too fired up. He was took too much pre-workout. He's he was he was but that's the problem though, is is now a lot of this segment of Rider Nation that's coming out and saying, well, he can't be a racist because of this, is empowered by what Dickinson said on the sports cage. It's like they're saying, Well, the coach said it, so no, I can say it. it has to be true. There's no way and 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 it's just can we all like the thing that impressed me for a brief second on Twitter was the universal condemnation of not just the hit, but what he did. I'm like, great. Everybody sees this guy's a snap show. We all agree that needs to be out of the game. And we all agree that it needs to be rectified. But now tonight, 
you don't see whispers about the four games. You don't see whispers about anything. You see a lot of flack coming from a certain segment basically saying, well, he couldn't have said that. Like, come on, give your head a shake. Like, there's yeah, no and... way there's no way the league exposes themselves without hard proof from players, from mm-hmm. TSN, from somebody that he said something incredibly offensive mm-hmm. towards Jeremiah, Jeremiah Mazzoli. Who, by the way, isn't black. So the whole, <laughs> the whole, you know, whether everyone's immediately jumped to the heat, obviously like, a lot of people jumped immediately to that. He has said some kind of slur against black people. And it's like, well, no, he's, he's from he's Hawaii. He's Hawaiian. Like he's from, <laughs> you know, the Pacific nations. Like that's, I, I personally don't know what would be an offensive, you know, term for people from that area, but obviously some exist. And Garrett Marino, I guess, knows at least one of them. And frankly, it doesn't matter whether he's actually a full-blown raging racist or not. Right. He said it. Right. And that's, and, you know, I tend to believe if he's being suspended, they have, yes, the proof either through enough corrupt, through enough evidence and through enough witnesses or hard audio or something that he said it. Right. So I don't, frankly, frankly, give a shit in this scenario whether he is, in fact, an actual racist or not. No. The fact remains is that he said it, and so that should be part of the suspension, which it was. And now, it was whether black. it was enough or too much, it can certainly be debated. I'm fine with that. I think maybe, you know, if the league really wants to say, and, you know, Farhan Lodge and some other people have come out and said this, if the league is really trying to come out and say that diversity is strength, I think maybe more than one game should be appropriate for saying such yes. a thing. Yes, I would agree. I mean, this is a league that has suspended coaches and front office personnel and others indefinitely due to the same kind of actions. Now, again, four games in the CFL is very significant, right? Mm-hmm. This guy's not sitting on a ton of bank. This isn't when an NHLer misses a game who's already got a $5 million contract, unless you're Chris Pronger and you live paycheck to paycheck in the NHL. This is a significant blow. I mean, we're talking about a guy, let's even just say for argument's sake. Well, he's, he he's on his rookie contract, so I imagine, so he's probably still in the league minimum. Right. So 65 six, or whatever it is now. 65 grand a yeah. year. He's going to miss on an 18-game season. Four game checks. So your sixty-five grand is divided divided into eighteen game checks. So he's missing four of those from a guy that probably isn't sitting on a mountain of cash, right? So if this doesn't teach him a lesson, and I'm not one sitting here going, "Yeah, the riders need to cut him." The riders. I, I'm a firm believer in second chances for anybody. I mean, the CFL is largely at times a second chance league for a lot of these guys. But if he doesn't learn from this. If we're having another Marino discussion at the end of the year, somebody's got to move on. You got, I mean, even NHL teams figured out and moved on from Sean Avery, right? Yeah, like, in the moment after the game, um, at the time, I wasn't really on board with releasing him. Right. And I'm not going to sit here and say that I think they should 100% release him. Mm. But not if right they, now, no. But if they did, I wouldn't be like, what are they doing? And I know some people have been like, well, then, you know, Winnipeg, I don't think Winnipeg, I personally don't think Winnipeg would sign him, but Not a they're going to come out Winnipeg or probably more likely Edmonton is going to sign him and be like, so? Right. I don't care. What 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 is what does that matter if, you know, if the organization has a standard, not, not even because, you know, dirty plays on the field, but if the organization has a standard that they're trying to set for human beings that they employ, then 
it doesn't matter if he's so great and he goes to Edmonton and he goes and plays well. If he's a problem for your team, he is still a problem and you may be better off without him. Did the team not suspend Corey Sheets way back in the day? Remember that one oh, camp? Was God, it Corey Sheets? Think way back there now. I know. I, I'm t- Because all I could remember was covering that, the Corey Sheets incident, and mm-hmm. hearing the terms code of conduct so many times, I think my eyes rolled back into my skull. Yeah. You know, this rider code of conduct, this and that, and... If that is that still in place? Is that still a thing we talking about? I haven't heard about it for a while, and you'd think something yeah. like, you know, I mean, we there's didn't... nothing. There hasn't really been much to really justify bringing it up recently, so I don't know. That's fair. No, that's a very good point. Uh, but I mean, yeah, I, I, we never even heard that during the Deron Carter days. Yeah. Right. Like when I got busted with weed, and or, I, I don't know. I, I just, I'm with you. I wouldn't. I wouldn't criticize the organization for, for letting him go, especially from such a dime a dozen position. Hmm. One where they've clearly, we clearly have figured out that they're able to define defensive linemen. Right. Like they've been very good at finding defenders. Oh, so, so good. Basically, unless you're Willie Jefferson, you can find another guy similar to that talent level someplace. Who's not a complete meat stick. So I, I am a believer in second chances. I think, Marino deserves a shot to prove himself as a functioning member of a football team after the suspension is over. Because yeah, I'm, I'm okay with that too. I just don't think you don't cut him because you're afraid Edmonton's going to sign him. No, because there's no good organization that's going to sign that guy. Not a yeah, chance. Even Cal- if Edmonton does, so what? Right. I don't. I don't think. I. I. I don't. There's no way that a guy like you. You really think Dave Dickinson's going to sign this guy after Craig lets him go? Not a chance. No. Mike O'Shea's not going to sign him. I would even argue Rick Campbell in BC isn't going to sign him. So the only place he's going to go is to the one-win Elks because Chris Jones is a complete maniac. But I digress. I I support them if they do do it, but I think this message from the league, the longest suspension in league history, taking a serious bite out of this guy's income for the year – if you can't learn a lesson from this, you like. I think if he does anything else, if you're if you're the riders, you gotta let him go. He yeah, comes back. I, from I, this... I would assume that the message from the organization probably has been sent very clear to him because also on the sports cage earlier on Monday, Craig Dickinson said, no matter what the league does, he's not playing next game. Right. Right. So he and, was and, not going to be playing in Touchdown Atlantic on Saturday, regardless. Um, which, which, and let's face it, that's that's not sitting him out of like that's an event, like that's yeah. a cool thing that guys want to take part in, that guys are excited to take part in, and you're sitting him out of that. So, despite Dickinson, you know, going on to say some dumb things on the sports cage today, I'm glad that that was his original take, and it just you know kind of went downhill from there. Yeah, so I mean, whether Garrett Marino, you know, when he comes back, what happens to him, it'll be interesting. Um, you know, and. It, it, I mean, the guy's never been the most exhilarating interview to begin with, but he is going to have to answer some questions himself at some point, too. As I remember, it was, you know, kind of after the fact, the TSN panel was talking about how, you know, we haven't heard from Garrett Marino yet. There hasn't been an apology or anything. I'm like, well, no, because, you know, writer media policy is not going to make him available now, probably until after his suspension's over. So. <laughs> which, which, in fairness, for a guy that might not be the best spoken, 
it's not a bad idea. It's it's it again going back to the Corey Sheets conference and the field beside Griffith Stadium all those training camps ago. Mm-hmm. Corey Sheets was also not a very good interview, but he spoke really well once he'd been coached by the Ryder media staff yeah. on what to say. And I think Garrett Marino is going to get a little bit of he's going to get to spend some times with our good friend and friend of the program, Ariel Zer. I uh, you, you would hope so, but um, there was of course some good things. That came oh, out of that goodness. game yes. as well. Yes. Like I don't, we don't want to completely overshadow the game with sort no. of the circus that came to town late in the game. No, and mostly because I'm scared of clowns. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> what was good, and you, you know, we talked about this Dan and I a little bit last week. Was it, it's good to finally see, and we saw it on display again in that game, sort of the identity of this team coming to fruition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Because. You know, last year, and, you know, we could talk about the lock of training camp and the shorter season and the whole thing. Maybe they didn't quite get to it. Maybe they didn't, you know, the offensive line wasn't quite up to it yet. The personnel wasn't quite there yet. Um, but now you're seeing it kind of working a little bit. Um, whether it's ultimately a style that's going to get them to the promised land or not is yet to be seen. But it's at least something, as I said, that they can lean on. Something that you can say, okay, this is what they do. This is who they are. And that's play heavy football. Let's get the ball downfield in big chunks, you know, at sort of times to build off that and sort of it all kind of works together, all sort of anchored by a strong defense. I love the fact that I, I have been trying to figure out what this team's identity was. And you and Dan basically did it for me while I was on holiday. So <laughs> that's that's just outstanding. Yeah. Um, you guys talked about it last week and how offensive linemen love run blocking. Ask any single one of them. It gets them into the game. They play. Uh, it's a little old school. Right. It's funny. Everybody's looking for the next run and shoot here in the CFL and and everybody basically runs the same Mark Tressman offense, especially now that Bakari Jones isn't in charge of an offense. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, so now it's back to Anthony Calvillo, who what do you think he's going to play the Mark Tressman offense? So it's almost kind of cool seeing a team go back a little old school with some smash. and And I mean, it's a discussion me and some friends have had more so about the NFL in recent years than the CFL. Mm. Where, you know, everything down there, especially the last number of years, got so pass-happy that defenses kept getting smaller and smaller and spreading out more and more. And it's like, eventually someone's going to swing this back the other way. Yes. And I think we're kind of, you know, as sort of, you know, the history of the CFL is being ahead of the NFL in a lot of ways. And I'm not saying this is a good thing to be ahead of the NFL in right now. Right. But I think sort of you saw a lot, you know, Andrew Harris there and, you know, Kadeem Carey sort of started carry, you know, swinging that pendulum toward the run game again in the CFL. And I think what you're seeing the riders maybe doing maybe isn't necessarily from a cowbell running back, but from a system that allows, you know, not nothing to take away from Jamal Morrow, of course. but. Yeah. We're seeing him, you know, take advantage of a system that's clearly built on it, working it with it. And Frankie Hickson is also contributing pretty well, including that this absolutely bonkers run he had on Friday against Ottawa. Oh, and both are people had questions after letting William Powell go, but man, that duo's been great. And mm-hmm. seeing some of like the power eye near <sighs> the goal line, like I know, what and, you're, and like... this is this is where I'm just, and I've talked about this with Dan and probably with you as well, just yeah. so conflicted with Jason Moss, where I'm just like. <laughs> For, like, a number of plays in a row, I'm just so frustrated, annoyed, and disappointed. And then he busts out the power eye, and you're just like, I can't stay mad at you. With, with a French fullback <laughs> as the lead blocker. Like, it just, you cannot go wrong with that. It's, and maybe this is Moss. It took him time to figure out, as you, as you mentioned, mm-hmm. there's been a couple weird seasons. Maybe it's taken him time to figure out 
what he's got. And yeah, it's 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 a little old school. Mm-hmm. It's uh, some I, I I don't think it's boring. I mean, some might call it a little boring, but and and you and Dan made the great point, And it was TSN that actually was saying the same thing during the game against Ottawa that kept pointing out you got these big men moving forward, going against smaller defensive linemen, smaller linebackers, and they're just pushing them around and having their way with them, right? Because mm. you got to think, every defense is geared up to get after the quarterback. Well, if you're just playing smash-mouth football and you're throwing in a good French-Canadian boy to, you know, to block, you're going to win games. You're going to move the ball, and some people might perceive it as risky, uh, what the riders do, especially in the three-down game, but... I think in Cody Fajardo, you have a quarterback who is good enough with a good enough receiving core that mm-hmm. they still have to stay honest. You can't put – it's not like when you're playing Derrick Henry and the Tennessee Titans. You can't put 11 guys in the box. No. You have to stay honest because that rider offense is good enough. The passing game is not where this team is going to live or die. No. But they're good enough that if you move too many guys up towards the line – Fajardo can burn you. Duke Williams can burn you. Shaq Evans, when he's healthy, can burn you. Right? So, and, I, I, and Keon Schaefer Baker's getting there. The guy's oh, showing more and more of what he's capable of doing every week. Absolutely, he is. I love the way that he plays ball. Right? Mm-hmm. And I was listening to it was the Green Zone. Um, Britain was on with Jamie, and they did an interview with Duke, and Duke's. Love. This is a guy that's making three hundred grand ish this year, two seventy five. And, and like, I was a little harsh on him for some of the drops at one point. Like, I thought right. he had the stretch for a little bit through the Montreal game and the start of the Ottawa game. Where I'm like, he's making too much money to drop these balls. But I'm right. going to give him credit. Like, he bounced back. He did make the ones that he had to. And yeah. I know Belton Johnson's talked about it on CJME and CKOM about the dude plays ball. Like, you see him lead blocking downfield every time. And and Britton did a great story on him where he was talking. He did a great interview where he was talking about him about his love of blocking. And Duke's like, I love smashing the guy in front of me, and I love throwing a good block, and I love seeing my running back run by me. And it's like, okay, the guy making two hundred seventy five grand has bought into blocking like that. A guy that is an NFL talent mm-hmm. has well, bought and, into- when, and when your star receiver who is making that kind of money yeah. all does it. Everyone else gets in line, no matter what you may oh. think about it. If you're, you know, if you're, you know, if you were a receiver in college and you thought, ah, I don't need to block, you know, why would, you yeah. know, I can catch everything in the world, but you're making, you know, the league minimum, you're, you're making 65 and then you look to your left and that guy making 275 is blocking. You're like, well, I guess I'm blocking today. <laughs> <laughs> and, that's, and that's exactly it. And the thing that encourages me the most the West division, the, the imbalance between the West and the East, I don't mm. think I've ever i can't remember off the top of my head it ever being this apparent yeah but the riders even in july are playing the kind of football that can win on the road Mm -hmm. that can win in the cold that can win in the rain that can win in the snow like this is a good identity for this team that's hosting a great cup game in a country that I know climate change is making things pretty wacky that, you know, things can get pretty wacky come playoff time. And you want to play this brand of football, the defense list, just like, I honestly think 
the Labor Day and Banjo Bowl might have a combined score of nine to six, just based on how good those two Ds are. I mean, the way Zach Claros played against BC, though. <laughs> that was so good. Oh, my God. The picture of him, my buddy Neely sent it to me, the picture of him throwing midair yeah. out of the backfield. Put that in the Louvre. Yeah. Put it in the Louvre. I want it, like, I just, I got some new posters down here in the studio slash basement. I want that framed. Yeah, so, I mean, you bring up the rest of the league right now, and it's it's just remarkable. <laughs> Um, you know, a couple of months ago, there were people talking East crossover, like the Eastern team might cross over to the West. And I think the door is slammed pretty shut on that right now. That's all. That's already done. We are five games in that dream is dead. As much as I would have liked to seen it to finally happen. Uh, yeah, it's not. And, you know, yes, of course, things will sort of balance out eventually as teams, especially the Eastern ones start playing themselves a little bit more. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's, it's. It's so strange right now where you have a clear top four in the league. Yep. And I think, you know, most of the power rankings are pretty correct right now when saying it's, you know, Winnipeg, Calgary, BC, Saskatchewan. I think it's fair to say that's pretty much the order. You can maybe flip BC and Calgary if you really want to make that argument. Uh, yep. Um, but then after that, it is just a complete massive... It is a poo-poo platter. And it's it's disappointing for the... I think it's disappointing for the league that... That includes an entire Eastern division because I think the CFL is generally healthier and in a better place when the East division is good. Not yep. necessarily like West good, but is at least competitive and good and not combined have two wins through the first five weeks. Well, and, and if you look at if you look at some of the underlying stats, um, Montreal's had some rough luck and ran into a motivated rider team and a, and a bad kick, but like, you look at like points for and against. I generally give this a glance to see who's good, who's bad. Montreal, okay, 103 points for. There's nobody else in the East over 100. Toronto has only scored 45 points through three games this season. Yeah. To put that in perspective, the worst team in the East is Edmonton at 89. Now, again, they've played one more game, but again, they're Edmonton. In one of those games, they had six points against the BC Juggernaut, right? So it's just. It's 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 remarkable. Like you got five and oh, four and oh, four and one, three and one. And all jokes aside, the Riders might have a lot of time to figure out their identity because they might have an, a crossover spot clinched by Labor Day if this keeps up. Because it's just the disparity. And and I tweeted when Hamilton signed John Ryan and said I think they can still win the Grey Cup, and everybody's you know ripping him. And I semi sarcastically pointed out they're only a game out of first. And you know with John Ryan on your team, their points four are going to go up at least one at a time by some significant margin. Yeah, and, like, I... The East is interesting right now. Like, I really don't know what to make with it. Like, Montreal has the most significant win by beating Saskatchewan. Yeah. Um, Toronto probably should have the most significant win had they gone for two at the end of the game against Winnipeg. Ah, cowards. Yeah. And then after that, I mean, Hamilton's kind of in disarray. I think Ottawa's horribly coached. Yeah, like I think Ottawa is has kind of hung around and is able to compete in games because of most of their talent more so than their coaching. Um, and a lot of people kind of in the press box gave a little bit of weird look at times of that during the game on Friday night. But I was like, no, I I, I don't think Paul Apolise is a good head coach. I think he's a great offensive coordinator. Yes, I yes. don't think he's a good head coach. And it's, he's proven it's, that two times over now. It's showing over the course of his what's going on in Ottawa right now. Yeah, and. Yeah, so I mean, 
the fact that Montreal is the team that sort of made the coaching move is, you know, <laughs> kind of weird on paper. I think, you know, with Danny Machocho, we all knew it was coming. I think they should have just done in the offseason and gotten it over with. Um, but, but yeah, now it's, it's... it's just a mess. And I, I honestly, any, it's still anyone. But the on the flip side for all those teams, they keep saying it. It's still anyone's game up there. Right. Now, now it's interesting, too, with the, you brought up the Danny Machocha thing. Um, I've spoken to several former players who've played under Machocha. The guy can't command a room. Like, Montreal is going to be a worse football team now because of that. And now, Anthony Calvillo for what? Is this the fourth time they've tried him as the play caller? Uh, at least the second, yeah. It, it seems like it's been tried before, and it always seems, despite him being one of the best quarterbacks ever in professional football... It always seems to fail. So, like, you just – you made your team worse. And and I say that as a Kahari guy, and you and I are both in consensus that, you know, maybe Jason Moss gets a job next year and they bring a Kahari I think would be a perfect fit for this football team. So, mm-hmm. the league's just – and the worst part is, like, all they're done by Labor Day jokes aside, like – the Blue Bombers literally have a four-game lead on missing a play, uh, missing a playoff spot right now. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, sorry, pardon me. That's a five-game lead because, uh, yeah, Ottawa would have to get past them somehow. And it's we're five games in. Calgary, Saskatchewan, everybody. The last thing you want to see is a regular season, especially what has been a very good, and I think you and Dan talked about this, it's been a very good regular season so far, especially compared to last year. The rule tweaks seem to be working. A lot of things seem to be working. But if it's 10 games in and there's nothing to play for, that's going to be bad. That's going to be ugly. That is not what the league wants and what has largely been a resurgent season until Marina goes out and does something stupid. Yeah, and but I mean, ultimately at the end of the day, I think you know where this is headed this season now. We've talked all about this. This means some um, under really... 500 team from the East is going to win the Grey Cup. One million percent. <laughs> I am looking at you, Hamilton Tiger Cats, on the strength of a John Ryan Rouge. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. 